Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Wood Talk. For woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who, if combined, would make one hell of a woodworker. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. Alright, it's episode 121 for February 20th, 2013. On today's show, we're talking about saw handle angles. Let's say that three times fast. Uh, traveling for wood, using a Stanley number no. six as a joiner plane. What? The Hawk Block Plane Kit. And an HVLP applied finish for a crib. But before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsors. Today's show is supported by Festool, helping woodworkers get better results in less time and with less mess to clean up afterwards. Visit them online at FestoolUSA.com. And by Microjig, creators of the Gripper 3D Push Block, an American made precision safety guidance system for the table saw and the wood shop. Visit microjig.com slash newsletter to sign up for their newsletter today. Is, you okay, Matt? Oh, that's right. Well, the problem is normally the guys can hear my audio. <laughs> yeah, this time I'm like, um, yeah, you don't have is, your is that my cue? Okay, yeah, it's your cue, and I'll see what I could do about the audio. Matt, Matt is whispering to us. Yeah, okay. Mark is, rather. <laughs> yeah, you can't hear my quietness in here? Sorry. Well, folks, you probably heard what was going on there with uh, with our sponsors. So if you have any comments or questions, like I'm wondering when I should even be starting this, but uh, if you have a topic suggestion, perhaps you have several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. Call our voicemail line like one of you lucky listeners did today, or I should say actually we're the lucky ones because you actually called. Uh, call that voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page, and if you're looking for any of the show notes, maybe the download for today's show or any of the previous ones, you're going to find those over at woodtalkshow.com. And in case you're wondering who we are, you know, we actually happen to have our own websites also, and I, we haven't mentioned this in a while, but, well, Mark is at, um, gee, I think it's called the woodwhisperer.com. That is correct, uh, Matt. 
Yeah, in fact, actually, if you're in the chat room watching this, there's a good chance you probably already are familiar with the uh, the URL on that one. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, there's a Shannon over at renaissancewoodworker.com, and there's Matt at mattsbasementworkshop.com. And, of course, like I said, if you're looking for any of this information, head on over to woodtalkshow.com where you will find eh, probably about 95 Maybe ninety eight percent of it. I'm yes. not going to guarantee one hundred. Yeah, and I should mention we are doing a very uh, late night recording here for the show, which is a little bit different for us. We had to push some things back because Nicole's sick, and I had to go into uh, daddy daddy nighttime care duty. So, oh, duty, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, he probably handled a lot of duty tonight. <laughs> There's plenty of that going around. <laughs> let me tell you, uh, from adults and children in this house right now. All right. So uh, I figure we can jump right into the good stuff. And, and hey, you know what? We're actually paying attention to the chat room tonight since it's a, a little bit later. We're not as pressed for time so much. So hello, chat room. How you doing? Hello, chat room. Then, huh? Yeah, go ahead and log in. Just don't get distracted because <laughs> I have to keep uh, putting other windows on top of it because it distracts the crap out of me. Yeah, I think actually I'm, I'm going to do that very same thing. <laughs> so we enjoy your company chat room. We do. But we, do. we will probably ignore part of you. <laughs> Unfortunately, we'll check in once in a while. Um, it's part of you. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get into the stuff that's on the bench. Shannon, what do you got going on? I am <clears throat> sharpening saws. Lots and lots and lots of saws. That sounds boring. Um, I got to say. And I got to say, it is. I think it's really <laughs> dull, actually. That, that's da, part da, of it. Da. Man, that's bad. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I, I don't know how guys like Bob Rozieski and Mark Harrell and Matt Cianzi do this. Um, I've got a, a whole bunch of new... Frame saw blades. A uh, guy that I befriended on uh, Woodnet. Sorry, I went to another forum. Mark. What? Oh god! Um, and this is the last appearance of Shannon on Wood Talk Online. <laughs> oh, we just had connection problems. With with new farewell episode. <laughs> uh, it's okay. You're forgiven. But anyways, a uh, guy that makes some saws, and he actually lives like 45 minutes from me, so it worked out really well. And he's got a um, what do you call one of those like manual toother type things that like punches out teeth on saws? Ouch. Well, this is a 48 inch long blade that I'm cutting uh, essentially three points per inch pitch on it. So they're massive teeth and you're using like hardened spring steel. So I cut in teeth using like filed in teeth on one blade and I basically killed the file in the process. Ooh. It's baby smooth now and um, nice. it just it sucked. <laughs> It was awful. And I kept thinking, well, this is, let me back up. It's for a, a hand tool school project. I keep thinking, nobody's going to build this because I'm going to tell them how much it sucks. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to build You're it. You're not going to sell I it I got to find well. someone that can do this, you know? So I found a guy and we were experimenting with um, blade widths and things like that. So he sent me like six different blades, different lengths, different widths. Well, in order to test them, I have to sharpen them. Mm. So I'm done three of them. You know, 40-inch long, 48-inch long blades with big old teeth. And, um, yes, I've been sharpening saws, so I actually made myself a new saw vise, one that actually holds longer blades so I didn't have to keep switching it. I've got, like, a that Gramercy vise that's only, like, 16 or 17 inches long. So I kept having to shift the blade down. So, yeah, it was kind of fun, actually. How long does it take per per saw? Uh... I should probably know that. Ballpark. Um, <laughs> nice. One and day the stumper tonight starts one hour. with. <laughs> probably an hour and a half. That's something not too, like that. That's not that bad. As compared to about eight hours right. when I filed in the teeth myself. There you go. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's a flat at the top of each tooth. They're just punched out. So the, the flat is probably an eighth of an inch wide. So you have to shape the tooth to get that down to a point and then go back with another pass and 
kind of remove the file mark, sharpen it from there. So, um, yeah, you know, when you think about it, it's really not that bad. I mean, granted, it's a long blade, but they're huge teeth, you know. Yeah. So what is that? Three, we'll say three teeth per inch. So three right. times 48 is what? That's a lot more than I want to sharpen. I'll uh, tell you that uh, much. 144. <laughs> Be worse if it were like 20 teeth per inch. Right, right. Exactly. Well, there's cool. no eye strain involved because the teeth are so huge. So, Well, your saw vice, is it made out – obviously, this is a shop-made one. So you made it out of some scrap lumber or maybe yeah. you, you went to the, uh, the bin there at work and said, I'm going to borrow this. <laughs> I went to the bin in my shop. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I keep accruing lots of like – little thin pieces like oh that'll make a style someday and it's like okay so it's gonna make one style what am i gonna do with one style right. you can't make a frame with only one style so yeah it's kind of funny i've got this big um it's about 40 inch long saw vice it's just modeled after the lee nielsen pattern in one of their videos okay. and it's made out of western red cedar some spanish cedar some pine and a strip of walnut there you go Jeez. it's awesome <laughs> Nice. Cool. Well, Matt, what about you? You, oh, I know what's going on with you. Money. That's right. You know, I, I feel almost kind of guilty about bringing this back up because this has been so successful. But I, just in case anybody missed this and, you know, you have a little little something burning in the, a hole in your pocket and you just don't know what to do with it because, <laughs> you know, you're just wealthy or something. Yes, yeah, like or, everybody or, there. Yes, exactly. But uh, recently I, I started a fundraiser to help uh, raise a little money so that I can get a new mattsbasementworkshop.com website just to improve it, make it a little bit easier for people to find stuff because uh, occasionally I have questions like, do you have videos here? Um, I've heard that you do videos. Uh, <laughs> Where are they? Little, little navigation things and stuff like that. So uh, I've appealed to the crowds and said, please, will you, will you help me out with this? I promise I will do something nice like continue to put out some content, maybe at certain levels, uh, like at uh, certain gift uh, levels that we have on there that you, you'll get a T-shirt, maybe a banner ad or something like that. And the thing that blew me the way – I've been doing this now for just over two weeks, and in less than one week, I actually hit the funding goal level. So awesome. now at this point, this is like – I don't want to say gravy – but it's gravy. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. It, it's been going fantastic. And that's why I feel a little guilty about you know mentioning it, but I am getting ready to kind of shut it down because at this point, I've already exceeded that minimum goal that I was looking for, and I've actually doubled it, which means now I actually have money for, say, upgrading some of the studio equipment, which has been uh, – I won't say it's been sorely needed, but there's been some things where you have to take my word for it. In this dark shadow over here, I am actually doing something, and <laughs> I will explain it to you as I'm doing it. So maybe we'll get some studio lights or some better camera equipment and even maybe a little a little travel money so that I will attend a conference and, again, create more content for everybody. So for those of you who have donated, including my two fine co-hosts, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate that. To all of you, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, obviously, you'll know if I've taken the money and run away because suddenly MattSpaceWorkshop.com <laughs> will just completely disappear. <laughs> Can I have the URL if you're not using it? <laughs> just um, take that. We'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> well, that's good, man. Congratulations. We were kind of watching that, and it was amazing just to see within a couple of days you hit your goal and then exceeded it. So it just kind of – if that's not a feather in your cap to say, look, people, people care – People want to see you develop this website into something where they can find all that content. I mean, you've been doing this longer than any of us, and you have the content to show it. And it's incredibly deep, but it's a pile. 
and mm-hmm. and to see it organized in a way that we can actually get to the the specific things we're looking for i look forward to it man i think it's going to yeah. be a great thing yeah thank Instead you of a big steaming pile you could have an organized nice pile. organized individual steaming piles <laughs> that's exactly it. i mean recently i've noticed it myself i've gone looking for things because a question will come in and and i know you guys do this too because we've talked about it where a question will come in and you're like you know what i've already addressed this in a video and rather than me completely screwing up this email and trying to explain it let me get the the uh the episode for you you can check it out yourself and see you know what i was talking about in here and i've suddenly gotten to that point where i'm like no wonder i get like frustrated emails and people are disappearing on me i can't find <laughs> anything myself and i know what's in there this website <laughs> sucks Who yeah. you have what four or five times the content i have these uh, you have more yeah. episodes than than spider-man <laughs> right mark uh no not yet no, not yet. All right. You know, Stanley and I know are working on something. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's great content because to be quite honest with you, that first year or so, I would be more than happy if it suddenly got lost on the interwebs, to be quite honest with well, you. Well, we always go for quantity, not quality. That's kind of the <laughs> rule exactly here. Gotta have me my daily math. That's why we go weekly on Wood Talk now. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, quantity over quality. Definitely. That's why my tailor loves me. There you go. All right. Well, awesome, dude. And congratulations. Can't wait to see what you come up with. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get, be getting started on it very soon. We're kind of been talking over the finer things, but yeah, we're going to get it rolling very, very soon. But that's that's really been the biggest thing happening around uh, the Vanderlist household. Cool. Mark, how about yourself? You've got something big. In fact, I think it's almost kind of mind-blowing for you at this point in it the is. sense of you just want to be done. I do. I do. It's the same crap that I've been doing for the last couple of weeks, this writing stuff. Uh, who knew? It takes a while to write a book. Um, I didn't know there was that many words out there that could possibly be strung together. I didn't know there were that many in my head that I could possibly <laughs> squeeze out, excrete out of my brain. Um, so it's just been, it's, it's been a gr- like a great learning process, but it's been one of the most challenging things. Like when you've gotten to a point where you've said all you think you can say on a topic and then an editor says, say more, you're just <laughs> like, well, there, uh, there's nothing left in the tank here. You know, what am I going to do? So, so that's kind of what I'm trying to go through now. And it's really, you know, at the point where I'm <clears throat> in some sections having to dig a little deeper than I expected to, but, um, it, there's, there's a crunch time. This thing has to be done from, from what I understand by the uh, March 14th. So we have to get into the photographing and then the edits and the re-edits and, and just there's a ton that still needs to be done. I have no idea how I'm going to actually do this, uh, but it's got to be done by the 14th. So I guess we'll see what wow. happens. I, I, why, I have this image as you describe like yourself sitting there writing like that whole Jack Nicholson kind of a thing where it's like, you know, Mark is a dull boy. Mark, all Nicole fun and no play. And no play. <laughs> Makes Mark a dull boy. And Nicole. then Nicole comes home and suddenly sees what's on the uh, the copy and is like, oh, my God, where's Mateo? Yeah, the, Nicole actually was saying something about the, the Chevy Chase movie Funny Farm where he okay. goes away to, to, to write. She's like, yeah, I think that's what you need to do. Um, and, and I had someone goes, if I hear Mark complain about writing one more time, well, you should stop following me so closely. Uh, but I do say it a lot and that's because that's really all I'm eat, sleeping and drinking right now. And it's kind of driving me a little bit crazy. And in fact, that was the main, the main reason why we took a, a week off last week was cause I was like, guys, can we take a break? <laughs> oh, so that's really about it. I'm looking forward to getting into, you know, moving into actually building something and, in fact, the the great part of the the book process is I do have to go in there and and build things and make sample things and photograph them. So I will be getting some sawdust made pretty soon here, but probably not soon enough before I go crazy. Well, just recently you had that post up. Uh, you were doing something with dovetails, uh, ba- doing a little bandsaw dovetailing. I hope yeah. that's not giving away anything. Any <laughs> no, no, spoiler no. alerts? But yeah, it's like a sort of a, a 
just trying to really hammer it out before I take pictures of it. You know, it's like, it's something that I've done before, but I want to make sure that everything's working the way it should. So here's a quick sample and now we're ready to take the actual photos. So nice, nice. Yeah, it's all good. So let's, uh, let's move to the around the web section. We got a couple of links here. I have no idea who put what in there. I know I put a lot of them in there. So let's, uh, let's just go through these. Uh, Let's rotate through. Mike set in a link. This is a video on YouTube, and he actually says, Hey, guys, I seem to remember Mark talking one time about maybe making something with a spiral wooden leg with the grinder. I stumbled across this link, which shows a pretty neat way to do it. Thought you might be interested, and that's exactly what it is. It shows one gentleman's technique for grinding and carving a spiral in a leg, which kind of makes it look like it's just twisted, which is pretty cool. Nice. That's cool. Well, this next one, I remember putting this up. Uh, Kyle sent in a video of a 3,000-pound, 35-inch bandsaw. <laughs> said, She's a real beauty. And I have to admit, after watching this, um, the narrator's a little dry, but the bandsaw is pretty darn cool. Uh, in fact, actually, I uh, after watching this, it started to make me think, if I get my hands on one of those, how much beer do I have to pay the neighbors to even attempt to get this downstairs in the basement? <laughs> Unbelievable, right? I mean, this thing is just massive. I remember um, David Marks had a big, I think it was a 36-inch bandsaw moved into his shop, and they had to remove part of the, the roof line or, or take part of a wall down, and it was a massive thing. It didn't even look anywhere near the size of this monster. Yeah, I mean, it's just the size of those wheels are just mind boggling. Yeah. And then I, what I think he's like showing how he's like even folding up the, the bandsaw itself. And I'm like, dude, that blade just it looks like you need like three people just to like, all right, bring the top down. Now spin it. Bring it together. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. Need a crane. All right, Shannon, grab that next one. Uh, Kyle found a tutorial <clears throat> on how to use the follow me tool in SketchUp. And uh, actually, this was very cool. Um, Kyle's note is the best bit is at the three minute 20 mark, but the whole tutorial is pretty good. It's something that I'm constantly like, I know that what it's supposed to do, but I can never get it to work. So it's a pretty cool video to check out. So go do that. Yeah. Go check that out. Um, it is, it's one of those tools I think that is, is not very well understood in the SketchUp world. Uh, at least by, you know, noobs and people like me. So it is pretty helpful to know how you could take a little profile on a square edge and then kind of just within seconds transfer this beautiful profile on all sides and basically have that profile that was drawn in one spot follow along a line. So it, it, it's definitely yeah. a handy thing to know how it's to cool. do. It's cool. It's really the only way to make moldings or turned objects and sketch up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got another one here that Neil sent in. This is a it's a series of images for a, um, what do you call it? Wood sculptures. And it's, I don't even know that sculpture is the right word because it's not just like a big clunky sculpture. It is almost assembled with little tiny shards of wood. Oh, wow. Did you guys see this? I mean, like if you think of like where it really lends itself well is to something like an owl. And I think that's one of the, one of the things he actually has there where you could see the feathers and the feathers are layered in a way that I don't know that you could ever really truly carve it. So I didn't, I'll admit I did not read it, which is the part of the problem. So I don't know if this is assembled from small pieces or if he somehow did figure out a way to carve that, you know, those very thin pieces. I can't imagine that you could, but that's crazy because if those if that one animal which is all fur if that's wood that's just that's not isn't it amazing I mean how how else is could that you a ever... tribble oh no it's a squirrel <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the back half of it I was like it was a little furry puffball yeah like, I don't know uh, but it, it's absolutely amazing stuff 
Um, one last link here. We got you guys know Hendrick Varu, right? We talk uh, about Hendrick, him all the time. Hendrick, Hendrick, Hendrick. Uh, you know who he is. You've had him on your show. <laughs> I think I went yeah. looking for one of his episodes on Matt's Basement Workshop and couldn't find it. <laughs> Probably not. I think Hendrick's been looking for it too. He keeps asking. <laughs> Hendrick is the. He's actually your biggest um, biggest fan of this upgrade. Um, yes. So he's at passionforwood.com. And interestingly enough, he is a, a, I don't know if he's necessarily a chef, but he is definitely a good cook. And he started a sort of sister site to Passion for Wood called passionforfood.com. Right. So I, I don't know if I he actually... I thought that was a typo in the show notes. <laughs> well, the cool thing is he took the Passion for Wood logo and you see the W falling off and then there's an F instead. So he's definitely playing it up and, and having fun with it. But so, so one thing about Hendrick that he does is he is a consultant for woodworking businesses. So if you're trying to start up, he will actually help you get your business started. Uh, and also for woodworking uh, techniques, I'm sure too. So very intelligent guy. And the cool thing is he's doing a lot of those similar things now with food. So yep. it's a little off topic here, but because huh. he is a fellow woodworker, it's something we'd like to promote. And if you like food, which I think most of you probably do, and I've been to woodworking shows, and I know some of you really like food. Yes. Um, <laughs> they, this actually is really cool. Now, here, the other cool thing about it is he is a fellow Hungarian. I think he's half Hungarian, just like me. And yep. a, a lot of the foods on the website are um, you know, just classic Hungarian dishes as well as some Mexican dishes on there. So it's, it's kind of cool. So go to passionforwood.com slash cooking. And it'll take you right there or the, the homepage will have a little split and you could choose which website you want to go to. Absolutely. So now you could you can kill two birds with one stone. If you have them come to your shop because you want to have your shop all set up, you can also set up something with your wife. So that way it could be like, well, look, honey, I got you something, too. There you go. Now cook. I'm sure she'll love that. <laughs> exactly. The kid in the kitchen. Because today's women love to be told to cook. Um, all right. I know Nicole loves it. <laughs> okay, so the last thing we got here, we got the poll of the week from our buddy Tom Iovino at tomsworkbench.com. And we had, at least when I put this information in the show notes earlier, 732 people responded. Uh, the question was, how far do you travel for wood? So if you find a, a good deal on Craigslist or you got a connection or a friend of a friend and, and they say, hey, come pick it up, how far would you travel? Not would you travel, how far have you traveled? So 41% say less than an hour. 40% say a few hours, seven, and it drops steeply from there. There's not many people left. 7.6% say a day or so. 7.5% say, I go to the local home improvement center. And 1.5% will travel for a few days. Only 1% say out of the country. So out of the country? Now, this is where they Shannon Braggs, uh, this is where Shannon Braggs that he, you know, works at a lumber place so he doesn't have to travel very <laughs> far. But what is the furthest you guys have gone? I have easily gone. I'm in that that 40% of a few hours. Um, I have definitely traveled. A, a big mill that I used to go to all the time uh, is uh, just east of me by about it's – it's a two-hour trip. So, yeah, I'm easily uh, four hours round trip that I have actually – made that little adventure but that's about as far as I'm, I'm willing to go i think anything longer than that and sam starts getting really suspicious i had an offer from my father-in-law they have a lot of property in missouri and there's a lot of white oak and they were looking to clear some out and he was just like look just bring a trailer we'll we'll have it chopped up and i'm just like 
Oh, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it does sound like a lot of work. Hmm, let me sticker it onto a trailer so that I can then re-sticker it in my backyard. Yeah, and then I gotta I gotta drive, and then I gotta drive back. Oh, I don't even like White Oak that much. And you gotta drive to Missouri. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I did not do that. So, so for me, it's about forty minutes. That's about as far as I've driven for wood. Um, but yeah, you know what? We skipped totally skipped right over it. Uh, we did the the poll of the week, but what about the most important poll of the week? Well, this week, and this has been a, I've been saving this one for a little while because I think this is very special for the three of us, considering the fact that we do a lot of you know obviously voice recording here. Uh, poll of the week is uh, Stefan Kadalski or K- Kadalski. You polls will have to look at it and tell me how to pronounce it. But he was the inventor of the recorder that's been considered to have changed and revolutionized uh, the industry as we know it. He created the first reportable recording uh, device, the Nagra, N-A-G-R-A. And I heard a little story about this, which inspired me to have him be the the uh, poll of the week. Apparently, this device is like it's it's uber expensive, but it's one of those. Uh, it can take a licking and keep on ticking kind of a thing. They have done as much stuff to damage this as possible, and it still records like nobody's business. Wow. Now, okay, we wouldn't want to use it because it's all analog. It's all real to real. I don't really have much of a use for that right now. But... I was going to say we could use it for the podcast. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So back in the day, though, I guess this was like the thing to have. It's like you weren't a real recording person unless you had a Nagra. Hmm. That's what I always say. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, too. I'm like, nagra, nada. <laughs> nada. I got a nada. All right. Moving on to our one and only voicemail today from Bob. And uh, this is actually an interesting question concerning tool handles or specifically a saw handle. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is uh, Bob. I'm out here in San Diego. I got a question uh, about my new Lee Nielsen dovetail saw. Uh, I'm used to the uh, Japanese style saws, dozukis and those kind. And when I'm using this uh, this new Lee Nielsen, uh, it seems like the the handle, you know, the angle of it and where it's positioned on the, you know, saw body, um, seems like, you know, I don't know, if this is probably the way they've been making them forever, but uh, it seems like it works easier when I hold the handle like lower um, in my hand if I, um, say, put the, the uh, it'd be like the bottom of the handle, like in the palm of my hand, where my hand is actually a lot lower. And it seems like when I'm starting to cut, it just seems like it works a lot better that way when it starts. And I'm just wondering if they make, you know, um, uh, handles, you know, at a different angle um, for those kind of saws, or do I just uh, need to try to make my own? Um, thanks uh, for your help. You guys are awesome. And uh, really inspirational keep up the good work all right this is pretty interesting i mean if if he's been using a japanese saw uh for a long time that clearly can establish habits and preferences for how things work in your hand so does what he described to you guys um does it sound like something that's a result of working with a, a pole saw for so long or is this just he needs to get used to the way a western saw works sure Sure. I, mean, I think especially with the Lee Nielsen saw, it, it is hung a little high. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the handle itself, the the thrust pattern, if you will, is above the saw the saw back. Right. Um, there are makers of saws out there that that uh, drop that thrust pattern down, and I think I think that was more traditional. 
Like I know Carabini, Adam Carabini's saws that he's made and the saws that I've seen in Williamsburg, the handle is sunk down on the blade a little more. So the thrust pattern is kind of right behind the tooth line or, you know, a little bit above the tooth line, which would be more typical of a pole saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's also different action action going on there when you're pulling uh, as compared to, to pushing the blade. But the Lee Nielsen specifically, I know, is set up pretty high. And if he's used to that other feeling, I think it's going to be a dramatic change. Um, I'd be curious. He says that it seems to work better. I, w- I be wonder what not working well means for him. Yeah. Um, you know, I know making that transition from pull saw to pull to push saw, a lot of people have trouble getting it to start. Um, and that's funny. Yeah, I which just is- did a whole live session on this in the hand tool school. It's all about weight on the toe. Take as much weight off the toe as you can, and the, any saw will start. Uh, Which is kind of what he he's describing there is he's gripping it a little bit lower, uh, you know, yeah. consequently that's going to pull the tip up a little bit. And exactly. the, the innuendo and the, what's going on in the chat room right now is, yeah, is just sure. not really, <laughs> not PG rated. <laughs> Probably started with the well hung part. Yeah. <laughs> it all fell apart from there. Um, all right. So th- then, then the question in your opinion, Shannon, would you think he's better off searching for a different type of handle or maybe just give this more time to see if he can adjust? Well, he's already bought it, so it's just a Lee Nielsen. Cut the handle off and, and go get another one. Not a big deal. I mean, I do think <laughs> it's worth putting a little bit more time into it, um, it just because it is a very nice dovetail saw. Um, I, I just think there's nothing wrong with gripping it down a little bit lower, um, but you know, it's going to get uncomfortable if you don't grip it the way it was meant to be gripped. All right. We got to so, get off of this. Cause now my yeah, is in the I'm <laughs> trying so hard to choose my words here. Just, not <laughs> just we can't do it. <laughs> oh and boy. This is what happens with a later show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh boy. We're going to get in trouble. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the email then Shannon, you got one there. Uh, try to keep it clean this time. All right. This is from, this is from Brian. <laughs> Uh, he says, I was recently given a Stanley number six plane. Can this plane be used as a joiner plane? The plane is 18 inches long. Is this really long enough or good Lord, <laughs> does it need to be over 20 inches long Hey-o. used as a joiner? <laughs> Overcompensating, I'd say. <laughs> and, and he even, this is, this is crazy. He even finishes by saying, you tell me, does size really matter? <laughs> Look, we, we don't intend this to happen. We're, to- we're woodworkers talking about things that have lengths and you have to hold them in certain ways. This is just going to happen because we're immature. So we apologize ahead of time. Uh, it is what it is. I don't know what your guys' problem is. I, mean, I always think of woodworking tools. So, yeah. All right. On well, task. I got to say, you know, it depends upon whether you're using a hardwood or a softwood. No, I'm not going to go there. Um, yes. Yes. You can use it as a joiner plane. Um, you know, the number six is not that far off from the number seven. Number seven is 22 inches long. Ultimately, it really, I guess, depends upon the, the work that you're doing. If you're trying to flatten like a dining room table, mm-hmm. certainly a longer plane is going to be better for you. But that doesn't mean the number six can't do it. Essentially, what you're trying to do with uh, you know, an 18-inch long plane, you're able to flatten an 18-inch long space. So, you know, if you have slight out of flat every 18 inches, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, I think we've gotten the fact that they've assigned names. They, the, the ubiquitous, they have assigned names to smoother, jack, 
you know, four, mm-hmm. et cetera. I think that's kind of pigeonholed a lot of these planes. Right. And, you know, there's nothing that says you can't use it. Uh, now, let's assume that that number six plane doesn't already have like a ridiculously cambered iron like it was used as a four plane. He should be just fine using it as a joiner. Um, one of the reasons the number five is called a jack plane is you can use it to do just about everything. It's kind of that perfect in-between length for smoothing and for joining. So right, right. you're good to go, Brian. Cool. Good deal. Uh, Sweet. Matt, hit the next one. All right. Uh, let's see here. This question comes in from – I don't have the name. Yeah, there's no but, name. Uh, Okay, it's coming in by uh, Anonymous. Yes. And Anonymous was asking, I was intrigued by the Hawk plane kit that Matt built. Checked out the video on how to build it. Checked out Hawk's site, etc. It looks like a great little project. Now that you have had this plane for a while, the question is, do you use it? Is it a go-to plane or is it just a, a nice keepsake? Uh, I'm looking to get a block plane. I currently own one plane, a poor quality home center, uh, 29.95 or 29.95 Stanley number four. I'm thinking, what numbering system is that? <laughs> Dollars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so he owns the uh, anonymous owns a Stanley number four uh, that they regret buying on impulse. I don't want to make a mistake on my second plane purchase. So as intriguing as the hot kit is. Would you guys recommend it for a beginning woodworker? At $60, the price is attractive, but if it's not practical for me, then it doesn't really matter. So mm-hmm. Anonymous, the, the way I look at it right now is uh, I get good results from the Hawk plane that I ended up building. I don't use it as much as I had intended to because of one simple reason. About the same time that I ended up uh, getting the Hawk plane kit, I also happened to have purchased a uh, low-angle smoother uh, from uh, Veritas. And it's also about the same time that I ended up getting uh, a couple of different blades for it. And so more or less, it's kind of like one of those... Unfortunately, the two things happened, and I ended up going with the the manufactured one, the the Veritas, over the Hawk plane. Now, if given the choice, if I got rid of the the Veritas one, I would have no problem whatsoever using the Hawk kit uh, or the Hawk plane, I should say, because it does really work really well. If you follow directions, you get it set up, you get the blade sharpened, you're going to get really good results from it. Uh, the only downside to it, as far as I'm concerned, and I really sure this isn't much of a downside is the fact that you know there's not really it's a wooden plane you can't really adjust the mouth like you could say with any of the other ones or uh you know make any type of adjustments like that uh you know you have to get used to working with a wooden hand plane because anybody that's worked with one knows that adjusting it it's more of an art than a science there really isn't like you know you can't really dial it in you know, as easily as you can with a uh, metal-bodied one. And now that I said that, all the owners of wooden hand planes will be like, you just don't know how to use it. Well, <laughs> Scott Meek's going to freak out right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, the chat room, watch out. So let me just say, to, uh, Scott, especially to you, um, I just I still need to spend a little more time with my hammer to learn how to finesse that into place. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think it's a, a nice one. To be honest with you, if you're a brand-new beginner, uh, you've never really worked with hand planes, you've never had that much experience with it, there's a part of me that says you know, maybe purchase one that somebody else has manufactured or maybe purchase like, uh, you know, something like a Veritas or, or a Lee Nielsen or something. You're going to be spending a lot more money for it, but you're going to get a plane that works so that you don't get frustrated. The money is worth every single bit of not having that mm. frustration. I, I could not agree more with that. I mean, this, this looks like a nice kit. It looks like it would actually be fun to put together, but I've, I have two concerns. One is if he is fairly new he has to have some, you know, relatively decent skills. I mean, this is all, you're just gluing a couple pieces together. But still, if you, you screw something up 
Right. And then you're, you're fighting that. And you're also a beginner. So you're trying to make sure that the tool works properly. And will you always be blaming your, your ability to put it together? Or, exactly. You know, or is it something right. where you still need to practice your skills? Um, well, and if he has no frame of reference, how does he know? That's the exactly. trouble. Yeah, that's where a lot of people get themselves in uh, in hot water is because there's the you get to a point where you're blaming yourself, and then you find out, oh crap, this whole time, you know, my joiner beds have been out of uh, out of parallel. <laughs> um, exactly. I mean, that that's when I ended up. My first plane was uh, a flea market find, and I I thought it worked really good until I actually purchased a really good plane and then something was like yeah. you're kidding me you can get shavings all the time and right. you can get shavings <laughs> Every like time. this i thought you only got like shavings days? like <laughs> yeah that's exactly i thought you had to like have the, the the chattering i thought you had to stop it reclamp it do this do that you yeah. know so yeah unless you have that frame of reference then you know it, purchasing something is just it, it means nothing yeah, and that and that said, if he does have um, someone that that knows how to use a wooden plane and adjust one properly, that can teach him, then then maybe it's not that bad of a thing. But if he is trying to to kind of get through this on his own, uh, that does take a little bit of of a special touch, yes, to, yeah, like you were saying, Matt. So so I think it, it may not be the best thing. He may not be so happy with that that sixty dollar purchase, but that doesn't mean it's not a a good product. It looks like it would be a blast to put together. So yeah, if if you follow the instructions perfectly, uh, chances are you'll probably end up coming out with a really good plane. But again, eh, I, I I don't know. I just yeah. like I said, nothing wrong with anonymous. It. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next one. This is from Michael. He says, I am currently working on a mahogany crib made of mahogany. <laughs> you see here, part of the problem is I try to trim these down a little bit, so sometimes it's actually my editing that screws these things up. All right, I'm, I'm curr- working to make a mahogany crib out of cedar. Uh, is there an alchemy recipe that would convert it to mahogany? What do I do? All right, yeah, so he's got a mahogany crib that he's making for his first child. I am a, let's see, I'm using General Finishes Mahogany Oil-Based Stain to achieve the color my wife is looking for. I typically wipe on three to four coats of Armor Seal and call it a day. But because this crib is massive and has lots of slats, I was thinking of using my Rockler HLV, HL, yeah, whatever, words, HVLP <laughs> gun. Stupid, <laughs> Stupid words. words. I can't that, say them, but I can write them down now. In that case, it was just letters, not even words. My question is, what kind of durable spray finish do you guys recommend using on a project like this, Michael Davis? Well, you know what? It's spray. So, you, you know, you're really looking at lacquer, water-based finish, or something like shellac. The thing is, with a crib, you're going to find a lot of different opinions, a lot of people who, who will say, you know, you don't really want to use anything too toxic because you're going to be putting your child in there. And then there's a lot of people who will say that that doesn't matter because once the film finishes dry, it doesn't really off-gas to any extent that's going to do any uh, harm to your child. It's kind of, the problem is you're going to have to make that toxicity decision yourself. That one's right. a little bit tricky. Uh, but I will say that, uh, of course, lacquer is a great option. I, I love pre-catalyzed lacquer, but it is toxic stuff that will knock you on your butt. But it is a great finish. Uh, very easy to spray, easy to apply, easy to fix. Uh, water-based is another option. Check out uh, General Finishes Endurovar is great. It's a water-based finish that has a little bit more of a oil-like look, which is going to be important for you because you're working with mahogany. It's sort of a, uh, well, you're staining it too, so you've got that darker color. And a lot of times water-based finishes have a milky white uh, appearance to them. Well, Endurovar is one that kind of gets away from that pretty well, but test it on scrap first just to make sure that it doesn't uh, that it doesn't look too milky for you. Uh, but the water-based stuff is going to be quite a bit safer. Uh, it's a little bit, you know, it still has a little bit of toxicity to it. But once it's dry, I don't think you have anything to be concerned about. And then, of course, I think a lot of woodworkers are just going to recommend shellac. 
yeah. shellac. You know, it's a mm-hmm. natural product. Once it's, uh, you know, it's actually stuff that we eat and food and um, medical products and like medicines. So well, that's, and it's like lacquer in that it like burns into the previous coat. Very forgiving. So yeah. you don't, you know, you get that nice homogenous coat no matter how many coats you put on. Exactly. Yeah. You just uh, layer it up. And then if you, you really buff out the last coat, you know, you can get away with a crappy spray job sometimes. Uh, the thing with uh, shellac is, you know, some some will say that it's not that durable. But then you have other people. Well, they have to put be people. alcohol in the baby's formula. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, well, or or have your mother in law like mine, who will stand over the child with a cigarette and a martini in one hand, and probably <laughs> spill it all over there, great. and therefore it's ruined. And then points it out and says, "Wow, you do a really crappy job with your projects." Well, thanks, mom. <laughs> you know, there really needs to be a reality show called The Vanderlists. There does. That <laughs> would, would be awesome. I would watch that. Every night. Uh, I have to live it every night, so no. <laughs> How else do you get a baby to fall asleep but vodka? Yeah. That's right. Chat room has it right. Um, okay, so yeah, shellac is definitely an option. Again, like Shannon says, it's going to you know spray pretty well, be quite forgiving. And and what I was saying is some people don't find it to be that durable, but then other people do. And uh, you know, some, you got to choose who you believe. Try it out and see what you think. <laughs> um, I think if it's fresh shellac and it's fairly well maintained, I think the surface is going to look nice. Uh, of course, a baby sucking on it, Every day kind of can make, you know, can make any finish beg for uh, for some relief. But, you know, it's a baby's uh, surroundings. So you might want to go for something more natural like that. And the way that, you know, things are being upgraded these days for crib safety, uh, you can't really pass this one on anyways, because eventually the next person's going to go, I don't know, this one doesn't have a 24 hour monitor on it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly why I did not build a crib for my kid, because I'm like, you know what, once this is done, it's done. We're really not planning on having another one. So what am I going to do with this crib after he's outgrown it? You well, know? it seems like cribs are often like uh, computers and uh, some degree cars, but more computers than anything else. As soon as you purchase yours, mm-hmm. uh, the next one immediately that gets put on the shelf is 10 times better than the one you just purchased. <laughs> yeah, it all is. lease a crib. Can oh. you lease one? That's an amazing idea. I'm going to go ahead and start doing that right now. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> this is Matt's new business plan. He's going to use his GoFundMe money. For that. There we go. That's exactly right. <laughs> he didn't say GoFundMe. I'm out of here, <laughs> losers. <me>. See ya. <laughs> uh, that's great. All right, so let's move into a couple of uh, iTunes reviews. It's been a while, so we have a few. Just want to let you know, if you use iTunes, head over to the store and search for Wood Talk. And if you leave us a nice five-star review, a big fat five-star review, we will read it here on the show and give you some love. Because we like to give love. Love. And these people did just that. They gave us love. Engine 267 says, great show. I thoughtfully, is that right? Thoughtfully enjoy the show? Did he mean to say thoroughly? Um, is, is that, is, do people say that I thoughtfully enjoyed this? I, I My people do. provoking show. We yeah. Thoughtfully, well, let, let, get back to me on that, folks. I'd love to know. He says, I thoughtfully enjoy the show, especially since the new weekly format. I look forward to every Thursday morning on my way to work and listen to the week's podcast. Have you guys considered a fourth or fifth member for additional what's on the bench or maybe just a different guest member every few weeks? No, we're not that organized. Nope. Uh-uh. Uh, either either way, keep up the great show. Uh, I don't think my narcissism can allow yet another personality <laughs> into this group. No, we're not See, it's hard enough for me to get a word in edgewide. I have to compete with another guy. Too. <laughs> Shannon, I'm trying to talk. <laughs> Shut up. Go away, new guy. All right. Anyway, uh, Peter Boyes, Boyes says, these guys got me back into woodworking. After taking time off from woodworking for various reasons that I don't remember, I came across Mark's site and then found Wood Talk. I couldn't ask for a better trio of guys to bring me back into the brotherhood of woodworking. Hey-o. Thanks, guys. 
I wonder if Peter's reason for not remembering is maybe he was uh, cutting his shellac too much with the alcohol and yeah. just kind of had a whole bender thing. His, his dad built a crib for him when he was a baby. <laughs> there you go. Covered it. <laughs> All right. So let's see here. I, I have one from, I'm going to say this is CDs. And it says, uh, you can learn and save money. Although, if you're going to save money, make sure you put it towards my GoFundMe.com uh, <laughs> donation thing. But he says, uh, you want to see these three stooges playing music with their hand saws? Many, gr- oh, excuse me, where did I get the many from? There's no many in there. Uh, great woodworkers, podcasters, web hosts, etc. with all three having the heart of a teacher. Uh, are we sharing the heart of a teacher? <laughs> like as in eating it? Or what do you mean? Sounds like an episode of Dexter. There's a heart missing and there's three guys that have it. All right. Cats I, I on Saturday. Uh, Catsum121 says, thanks for the help. I'm relatively new to woodworking. I've been trying to read and listen to whatever I can. You guys have a knack of breaking down a subject so that even the beginning woodworker can understand. Thank you. Well, thank you, sir. Hey, uh, let's see. Billy Medlock says, Wood Talk is an amazing show. I just want to say thanks to Mark, Matt, and Shannon for putting together great material and sharing their passion for woodworking through this Chanel. That's what it says, Chanel. Well, we've taken it <laughs> up a level. Hey. I do property maintenance for a day job and I have to paint and fix things all the time. Sometimes the constant painting can get repetitive and tedious, but listening to Woodlock and Woodlock, Wood, (laughs) hearing guys who are just as obsessed as I share their knowledge and experience gets me through the day. Thanks, Woodtalk. Thank you, Billy. Uh, Let's see. I have a trace guy. Let me be Spanish. Uh, awesome podcast for all woodworkers as a beginning woodworker i have searched libraries stores and the internet for anything that can help me learn more about this craft this podcast is a wealth of eye knowledge Uh, they give tips and share other websites and magazines that i would never have never found otherwise funny informative and great ambassadors to the craft thanks guys is this how we thank people by making fun of their spelling errors and grammar personally i, I think since we're a wealth of eye knowledge we need to get apple as a sponsor <laughs> that's true we better be careful <laughs> yeah we're gonna get sued if we're not careful there uh all right well hey remember today's show is sponsored by festool you can go to festoolusa.com for more information about those guys and also microjig at microjig.com did want to take a second to thank our recurring donors. We have some new donors for the show. Stephen Brassard. Sure. John Bolt Balance. Henrik Henrik or Hen- Henrique Nilsson and Lori McClory. Now, how is that not the most awesome name? L- Lori <laughs> McClory. Julia Gulia. Julia Gulia. How can I be Julia Gulia? Oh, I just admitted that I actually know a lot about that movie. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, hey, re- recurring donations is something that uh, we we started not too long ago. And if you want to help out the show and keep us going, and um, you know, it's like what two bucks a month, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month. So you can set up a quick recurring donation there and just uh, throw a little coffee money our way, basically. Yeah, um, every little bit does help. We really appreciate it. And if you do sign up for a donation, we will say your name, which I guess means something. <laughs> yeah, to someone, well, especially if if we pronounce it properly. And if so, you and if your name happens to rhyme, we will spend a little bit more time talking about it. Absolutely, because we cool. we love rhyming. <laughs> right. All right, Matt. If you want to give them the contact info, we can uh, finish up here. All right. Well, if you have comments, questions, or topic suggestions, or maybe just a how to pronounce a name that we've completely slaughtered, you have several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. Call our voicemail line at six two three two four two five one eight zero. 
email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com and you can leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or the downloads of any of the great stuff that you've heard in a previous episode or today's, you're going to find all that stuff over at woodtalkshow.com. There you go. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. We will catch you next time. Until then, stay safe in your workshops and we love you. Stay classy, Internet. Yes, all that. (laughs) This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 